hello there, you Awakening Wonders on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. We really appreciate you, our listeners, and want to bring you more content. We will be delivering a podcast every day, seven days a week. Every single day, you'll get a detailed breakdown of current topics that the mainstream media should be covering, but if they are covering, they're amplifying establishment messages and not telling you the truth. Once a week, we bring you in-depth conversations with guests like Jordan Peterson, RFK Jr., Sam Harris, Vandana Shiva, Gabor Mate, and many more. Now enjoy this episode of Stay Free with Russell Brand. Remember, there's an episode every single day to educate and elevate our consciousness together. Stay free and enjoy the episode. No, here's the fucking news. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on our voyage to truth and freedom. Join us on this voyage or consume propaganda made by our friends over at the legacy media who want you to accept their globalist new world order as we've just heard at the latest Davos. As always, it's about centralising power, making the agenda of the powerful seem like it's beneficial to ordinary people, making the actions of ordinary people seem like they're a problem, not answering proper questions, making out that Bill Gates cares about nothing except your health rather than his profits in spite of the peculiar raft of investments into media companies and vaccine organisations and the World Health Organisation itself. It's an extraordinary festival of corporatism and globalism. It is indeed globalist Christmas up in the Alps with Klaus Schwab as Santa. And what's in that sack, Klaus? Just more saliva, I'm afraid. Let's have a look at some of the moments of Davos from which we can most learn. And let me know in the chat if you already know who the hero of Davos was. Who did the Golden Globes Ricky Gervais at Davos? Let's get into it. We are on the way to a new order, so we are between orders. So there was an old world order we're heading to a new world order. You know people don't like that phrase. And it's also not good to say that phrase when you're literally in front of a 666 that can easily be discerned in the World Economic Forum's logo. See if you can spot it. Do you agree with that? Or are there ways of uh, what are we able to keep on the positive side from the old order to bring into a new world order? And how can we avoid that that new world order uh, becomes like a jungle growing back and we rather uh, have uh, order based on international law and the uh, principles that have brought us prosperity and uh, freedom uh, for decades. That's the conversation being held with Joe Biden's national security advisor. And it's almost as if they're completely unaware that the phrase new world order has garnered some negative attention in the last few years. Our conversation with Glenn Greenwald's really interesting. He said, what we are in now is an era not like 100 years ago where plutocrats like Rockefeller and Rothschilds would send dollar bills out of their limousine into the hands of peasants gathered outside. Now, with the militarization of the police force anti-protest laws, online surveillance laws steadily gaining a pace. Now, the globalists are starting to recognise you can openly say, new world order, we're in charge, we've got automation, we've got AI. There's enough power coalescing for our opinions to no longer be that significant. Just simply eat your bugs, own nothing and be happy. We are, you know, the post-Cold War era has come to a close. We're at the start of something new. We have the capacity to shape what that looks like and At the heart of it will be many of the core principles and core institutions of the existing order. That's good because we don't want to radically alter any of those systems that seem to be forming a yoke across the shoulders of many of the world's people, making us feel that we're living in total spiritual decline, watching the infrastructure of our nations fall apart, a kind of total existential crisis where meaning seems to have been totally extracted. We want to protect those institutions of power at all costs. 
adapted uh, for the challenges that we face today. And that's a, a lot of what I tried to lay out in my remarks. Some of that goes to geopolitics and how we build uh, or update the international economic order in ways that address the needs of working people, address the climate crisis. The needs of working people always a priority. Here's Tedros Ghebreyesus talking about the WHO treaty, which will give unprecedented power to the WHO, and how you can be protected from the mysterious disease X. And then the other key in order to have better prepared and to address the disease X is the pandemic agreement. Mm. The pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced and all the solutions into one. All of them. Will it bring the information about excess deaths that many of us crave? Will we talk about adverse injuries that may have been caused by some of the medications? Will we be talking about the efficiency of lockdown measures? Will we be talking about the impact of lockdowns on the psychology of young people, the impact of lockdowns on businesses and existing cancer and heart care patients? Or will we simply be saying, there's another pandemic, get in your houses and take this medication that Bill Gates and his mates have invented? It sounds like that, doesn't it? Even though Tedros actually seems like a sweet person and doesn't have the same glow of evil that seems to surround many of the participants at Davos. I still have some concerns about bringing all that experience together when it was such a bloody awful experience. And that agreement can help us to prepare for the future in, in a better way because this is about a common enemy. Yes, you. You're the common enemy. Or depending on how you look at it, they are the common enemy. And without a shared response, starting from the preparedness, it, you know, we will face the same problem as, as, as COVID. And deadline for the pandemic agreement is May 2024. Put it in your diary, sign some petitions, because that's what democracy is now, signing a petition online. And member states are negotiating. This is between countries. Um, and I hope they will deliver uh, this pandemic agreement by that time, by on the deadline. That pandemic agreement, just to remind you, includes clauses such as your country, if it's a member, will give 5% of their health budget to the WHO. If the WHO say there will be lockdowns, there will be lockdowns. No discussion. If they say a certain medication will be mandated, it will be mandated. None of what I'm saying is untrue. I wish it was. I wish they were right with the misinformation thing and the Wikipedia link to what great work they do at Davos. I wish that was correct. It would be a lot easier for me and frankly my children. But unfortunately, I'm simply passing on information to you that I know to be true. Oppose them. Another organisation that we've come to regard as somewhat suspicious and to view with a good degree of necessary cynicism is NATO. What are NATO actually doing? Are they a vital organ of world peace or are they constantly agitating Vladimir Putin into war? And he doesn't seem to be a person who requires a great deal of agitation. He seems pretty up for it, doesn't he? Let's face it. Here is Jens Stoltenberg, the head of NATO at the WEF, telling you literally why war is peace. Now, if any of you students of George Orwell, and I know I am, you'll be familiar with the Orwellian trope that language and its meaning will become reversed. War is peace. Peace is war. Bad is good. Good is bad. That is a kind of giddying and disorienting philological trick that we are being subject to even as we speak. Watch it happen in real time. Watch someone tell you that there has to be war in order to get peace. It's so weird. If we want that to happen, a peaceful just end to this war, 
the way to get there are more or is more weapons to, uh, to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So the more credible we are in our military support, the more likely it is that the diplomats will succeed. You have to give more weapons to Ukraine to continue the war, to get peace. Peace is on the other side of war. The missiles go in and they explode all of that war and underneath all of that war is peace. So you might think, if you're an idiot, that giving money to Raytheon and Lockheed Martin, that there might be some other agenda behind that. What of the Pentagon failing six consecutive audits and two trillion dollars are seemingly wasted in Afghanistan. Wasted? Well, it's so much nicer now than before the Afghanistan war. Do you remember before the Afghanistan war? All of that Afghanistan up in your grill, wasn't it? Ah, oh, Afghanistan. But since that two trillion dollars of your money was spent, it's much better. So you see, war equals peace. See? Do you see it now? Maybe you didn't go to university. What it is, is you don't understand globalism. It's because you're stupid. You're probably, what, do you vote for Brexit and Donald Trump? You're stupid. You've not understood that. War, it's all people. You're in a war, look. I'm just dozing off. I'm just like, um, war, war, more money for Raytheon. Do you understand it now? Nah, you just don't get it. You're a bloody conspiracy theorist. Another thing they seem pretty keen on over at Davos is to get biometric data, isn't it? They're not happy unless they know what your DNA is doing. And lately, your DNA may be doing some pretty unusual stuff. <laughs> some of the stories I've read prove to be true, and it's possible that they will. But for now, let's get your DNA all nice and stored, all of your biometric data, you know, just to help you, just to make you more safe, just to provide you with convenience. Have you noticed that, the way that the establishment works? They're always just thinking, what's convenient for them now? Is it convenient to be locked in your house for a couple of years to miss your cancer medication and for your child to forget how to read. Well, some more convenience coming. Why? Because in order to open an account, you need to have an ID. Right. And um, I have to say that when, we, when I started this job, there were actually very little countries in Africa or Latin America that had one ubiquitous mm. type of ID. And certainly that <clears> it was digital. And certainly that it was biometric. And uh, we really worked with all our partners to actually help that being uh, um, I mean, to grow this. Help Africa, get it up there. Get up there into biometric data. Do you think when sort of funding from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation crops up in some part of India or some African nation, think helps are coming. What I've learned, getting perspective from people inside those former colonial territories, they don't want that type of help. What it seems to be is, oh, are you hungry? Yeah. Are your economy in trouble? Right. Good. We'll give you some money as long as you comply and help us do this sort of study on biometric data, which, by the way, we will be implementing in a Western country that down the road saying, oh, it worked really well when we did it in this place in Africa where they had no bloody choice because they wouldn't give you any medication or food if you didn't participate. That's what that gesture means. Do it yourself, I've got to save some Africans. And the interesting part of it is that, you know, yes, it is very necessary for financial services. Not just financial services. Yes, we could debank you. Yes, we could shut down your finances, but that's not the extent of the power. We could stop you traveling, getting on trains, going anywhere, consuming goods. All of these things are possible if you have control of people's data. Don't worry about what Edward Snowden said. He's just safely relaxing in Russia now. Don't worry about the revelations of Julian Assange. Put that all out of your mind as if you've just participated in an indigenous Ceremony. Poof! And had all your memories blown away. But not only. So you know, it's also good for school enrollment. It's also good for health. Who actually got a vaccination or not? Oh, you didn't get a vaccination. Oh, your kids aren't at school. You're not an obedient little prisoner of the state. Poof! Poof. It's very good to actually to get your subsidies, you know, from the government. Did you want that subsidy? Yes, please. Poof! Poof! So this has not only effect to the financial services. It's a very important issue. One person, of course, bucked the trend of Davos by turning up there with some minerals, with some stones, and with some lyrics, even if you don't entirely agree with Javier Millet's solution to global problems. It's pretty clear that he's taking an oppositional stance to the general flow of information from those alpine peaks. Good afternoon. Muchas gracias. Thank you very much. 
Today, I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others, and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste. Jeffrey Epstein is your friend. You did it. You, I didn't. You did it. Shut the f the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Get him off! He's ruining my party! This is my birthday party! Look, the cat is upset! My saliva's drying up! Get him off the stage! Ixnay with the anti-globalism, eh? Now, I happen to be a person that's quite sympathetic to indigenous cultures, shamanism, accessing the great and divine mysteries that undoubtedly lie in the material world, that demonstrate perhaps that we're all connected by a limitless consciousness and perhaps consciousness preceded matter and through ceremony and ritual we can access these deep powers. What I also think, though, is people at Davos don't care about that stuff and they just want to look sort of a bit woke and like they care about indigenous people when we all know they have an agenda that's about the preservation and protection of power and in increasing dominion rather than how can we help the native people of Guatemala? What she's praying there is, I hope Larry Fink and BlackRock don't discover that my forest could be turned into natural assets and sold on the stock market because if they do, they will do it. We've got a video coming on that soon. <laughs> In a couple of years, we've gone from social distancing rules, which we now know were made up, to having someone blow directly into the mouths of every single delegate attending the WEF in an attempt to seem like they care about indigenous people whose lands they would happily claim in an instant if they thought there was a dollar bill in it somewhere, particularly if they had a good ESG score. <laughs> You're not getting COVID. Pfft. You're not getting COVID. Pfft. You know. <laughs> Do you mind if I... Do oh, okay. <laughs> What that will be about, that incantation and that ceremony, will be about achieving some sort of cohesion, unity and good faith and being of service to the highest good, wouldn't it? If you read an analysis of what that ceremony represents, may this debate bring about the highest good. May the spirits that inform all material reality be present with us today. They don't care about that. They already know what Davos is going to mean. Davos is going to mean, can rich, powerful institutions and interests carry on doing what they've always done without it ever appearing terrible that that's what they're doing when claiming to care about the planet and the world. So the whole thing is like a ludicrous pantomime. I am actually quite reverential and respectful and excited and interested in a variety of cultures and I believe in them and value them. What appalls me is that you would just trot someone out to blow on people's foreheads before doubling down on, yeah, that's why we need to mandate vaccinations. That's why there needs to be 15-minute cities. That's why people should have their biometric data stored. It's a total and utter farce. So, what would you expect from Davos? People saying that you need a form of social credit scoring. People telling you there's a new world order coming. Perhaps a one or two dissenting voices. A ceremony that exploits the cultural history of a group of people that would be ground up into powder if they thought they would be useful in the manufacture of cell phones and advocacy for a WHO treaty that will mean less freedom, less democracy and more expenditure coming directly out of your pocket and into theirs. So, is globalism a good thing about the preservation and protection of this planet? Or is 
WEF and the globalism that it espouses a means for continuing, as that delegate said, with the old institutions in a slightly new tweaked way and ensuring that national democracy and independent individual sovereignty never have a chance of being expressed. That's what I believe. But that's just what I think. More important than that, stay free. No, here's the fucking news.